<laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find some Ice Cube rants and insert them throughout the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you do like in, you know the transitions between each segment of the podcast? Yeah, I'll just have. Can you ice replace cube. them with Ice Cube bits? <laughs> I will. I know what you're thinking. Angry black captain. It ain't nothing but a stupid stereotype. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? I'm black, and I work my ass off to be the captain. And sometimes I get angry. So suck a dick! Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 64th annual Movie Mania podcast. I am your host, Sherman Trey White of Podcast Media Fame, and joining me are the two nominees who are neck and neck for best co-hosts, Without to be Trilby slash Mr. Tardis and Bandit Incorporated. Give it a round of applause, everybody. Round of hey. applause. Thanks so much, um, I'm not coming to the podcast this week. Instead, I've sent a Native American to reject <laughs> my my award. Um, I've told her to just break it in half, Adele style, and uh, Bandit gets one half for the Oscar, and I get the other half. <laughs> that's some weird, oh, so that's edgy. some Grammy topical <laughs> stuff. Yeah. That's a real obscure reference there, Trilby. Well, one of them is like one of the biggest news stories from the past week, and the other is Oscar trivia from a couple of decades ago. Yeah, from like 30 <laughs> plus years. Like, what? Did Adele really split up her, her Grammy? Um, yeah, her, yeah, yeah, she did it um, when she left the stage and gave half of it to Beyonce. How do you do that? How do you just give a half a statue to somebody? I'm guessing it's made of chocolate. And it's just wrapped in foil, so it's easy to break in half. Why does like, everyone I, think Beyonce has to win all the time? Because <laughs> I think she's been nominated like five or six times and never won, whereas Adele is, Adele is basically the Daniel Day-Lewis of music where, oh, she's nominated. I guess she's winning. Yeah. Well, Adele's incredibly talented. I mean, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean... Beyonce's good too. I mean, I'm not here to debate music with people, but I mean, I because I, I don't listen to modern music like the rest of my uh, generation does. I everyone will be jamming out to the music with their rap and whatever. I sound so old with their rap. Yeah, and meanwhile, and meanwhile, and meanwhile, I'm over here just like, oh yeah, John Williams. Oh yeah, just jamming out oh, yeah. with my, my John Williams and my Hans Zimmer's. Uh, how are you? Uh, how are you? How are you guys doing today? Mm, doing good. Yeah, we, we were just saying for our listeners, we're all kind of, we're, we're going to try and keep it short, which means based off previous times, we've said that it'll go for like 10 hours, this podcast. I think, <laughs> yes, we shall. I have a feeling that this is going to be the shortest episode of Movie Mania yet. That's just my theory. Yeah, yeah I'm only going to be around for an hour because um, yeah. start, start a new job tomorrow, doing some uh, assistant directing and some running and stuff and that for a new job for the next three or four months. So I can't really record on Sunday nights for long anymore. <laughs> so. yeah. We all we all need our, our napping and our rest for when Logan comes out. Uh, mm. Yes, that's only a few days away. Oh, I'm so ready. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, March 1st in the yeah, UK so- at least. We'll just go over some of the movie news, and we'll take some listener questions, and then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about some of the stuff in the homework. Um, yes. Well, I forgot. Oh, yes. Bandit, did you ever talk about how you were doing? I don't know if I asked you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, <laughs> we're all very tired. I'm, 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 well, I, I feel like I'm ready to go, but I'm only around for an hour or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, oh, I've got a cold like, coming. I, Coming on, I can feel yeah. my throat swelling up, but doesn't matter. Let's get into it. My people, mm-hmm. I do this. I do this. I was a part of this giant book festival last yesterday, 
which is essentially like Comic Con for books. And I'm I don't even read books. I was just helping out to help out. Uh, and I was there from like seven to like seven. It was ah. Uh, and then I went out and I went to a party because of course I went to a party because I'm a teenager. That's what teenagers do. I got home at like three last night and then I woke up at like seven because I can. I'm really I'm really just not not into it today. But that being said, let's get to the movie news. Stop fucking with Korean Jesus. He ain't got time for your problems. He busy with Korean shit. You two get to your mama house ASAP. What? All right, guys. Your nominees for the movie news are... I'm going to keep this joke going. Your nominees for the movie <laughs> news are, for starters... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Uh, Matt Reeves is to direct the Batman standalone film after Ben Affleck fled. I mean, after the Ben Affleck respectively left the uh, director's seat and mm-hmm. is only starring in it, and his script is no longer in it either. I'm pretty sure they're doing a page one rewrite, but now we have Matt Reeves directing. Uh, Bandit, what do you, what do you think? Um, I, uh, I, I don't know. I think it, <laughs> I just think everything hinges on on Justice League. And I was thinking about what you said, Trilby, of last time we talked about this, uh, after Ben Affleck was leaving as director. And, you know, when Ben Affleck's like, yeah, I, I just can't act and direct at the same time. I, ju- I just can't, even though I've done it in multiple movies before in the past. I just can't. I just somehow cannot this <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think he's hedging his bets. But, uh, yeah, yeah, great. Well, well, I don't really know that much about this director. Is there any... Anyone well, know I know you've seen he's done. Or? He did. He did Don the Planet of the Apes, which I'm Ooh. sure you're a fan of. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he's he's he doing the new so, Planet of the Apes coming out. This, uh, he also Sunday. did um, the original Cloverfield. Uh, yeah. He did uh, Let Me In, which is the remake, the remake of. of mm-hmm. Which so yeah, it's, it seems like he started off in horror, which is like always a good way. Uh, if you, it's a good way to start if you're doing a Batman film, who could yeah. be perceived as a horror character depending on how you portray him. Depending on who's the end of that first, is it getting, Batman's definitely a horror movie to some people. Um, Let's not forget in Suicide Squad, he used a, a young girl as a human shield. That's a horrific yes. character. But if it was directed by Zack Snyder, she would have been just shot in the face. So I mean, you, you got to what we can get. Yeah. <laughs> The circumstances around the news, though, were really weird, because a few days before it was announced, they were like, oh, Matt Reeves is in talks to to direct the Batman. And then wasn't it Matt Reeves or someone who represented him came out and said, no, it's, it's not. No, he's not directing him. No, it's yeah, not someone someone I think something came out and it was like, oh, negotiations have fallen through. I think that's I, I can't confirm that that is exactly the the wording of what happened. But something along the lines of mm. the negotiations have stopped was what so they said. Yeah, so basically, it was like, what you, what were you paying Ben Affleck to direct this gig? It was like, we were paying him this amount. Okay, put two zeros on the end of that and a Ferrari, and you got yourself a Batman director. It, and yeah. it sounds like he's trying to do the Daniel Craig negotiating tactic of like, I slash my wrist role. and direct the Batman. Give me more money, you know? <laughs> yeah. Fair play to him. Donald Plan of the Apes is really good. He's, he's worked yeah. his way up over the past 10 years. Uh, yeah. He's paid his dues. Yeah, it's I, true. I, I, will, those, I will say all this: those movies have sort of that dark and gritty kind of feel to them, so should be yeah. a good fit for Batman. I just, yeah. I just hope that DC wisens up and understands that they can't, they can't fan four stick their directors anymore. You know, like they can't just, <laughs> they can't just have their directors come in and say, "Okay, we need you to do this." This, oh, you will, you will. Because they had like what four directors leave the Flash, a couple of directors leave Wonder Woman, and now Ben Affleck left Batman. He's still in Batman, but he's not doing Batman anymore. Mm-hmm. 
And yet, oddly enough, it appears the only person they're not restraining is Zack Snyder, which seems completely yeah. backwards. <laughs> and so I just, I just hope that they they wisen up and say, okay, we'll leave Matt Reeves alone and we'll do, we will do minimal, because studio interference isn't always a bad thing, but, you know, sometimes directors want to go crazy with things. I hope they keep it to a minimum and only what's necessary to not make just a complete trash film. But, because Matt Reeves is a talented filmmaker. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so what, what else have we got this week? Uh, yes, yes. Our next nominee for movie news of the week goes to uh, Bill Paxton, who unfortunately has passed away this morning at the age of 61 due to complications during surgery, I believe. Oh, mm-hmm. Game over, man. Yeah. Game over. <laughs> Bandit, you were the 3,000th person to make that joke in the last 18 oh, minutes. Oh, really? Uh, I it's, just it's, found it's, out about it's, him dying. Yeah. So. No, every tweet was, was like, hashtag, no, hashtag game over. Hashtag, it's... it's it's everywhere right now. It's really, it's just all over the place. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, feel but, like, I feel like you're more into this. Not into this, but I feel like you're more crushed by this than I would be because you're a big alien guy. Yeah. And I, I would, I, it's so sad. And it seems like he doesn't, like, I know you said he's in his 60s, but he didn't seem like it. He still seemed like he was a pretty young dude. No, it's just, it's no good. Bill Packard. He's the type of guy who, like, it, it's the type of death that doesn't really, like, you don't really appreciate Bill Paxton until he's gone, do you? Like, he's he's had such a great career over the past, like, 30 years, even though, like, probably more 40 years, even though, like, he's not really been considered an A-list actor, even though he's been an A-list project. He's the only guy to ever be killed by a Terminator, an alien, and a Predator, which yeah. is... That's, yeah. yeah, he gets he gets around for sure because like, and not in the way you're thinking. But in terms of like demographic <laughs> reach, because he, mm. which doesn't even sound much better. Because I, when I told my familia that he, that familia means family. When I told my family that um, that he died, my sister said, "Who is that?" I'm like, "Oh, the guy from Twister." He's like, the, "She's like the main guy in Twister's dad." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Man," she was upset. So he he has his his filmography does range from. And he's also really good in Nightcrawler, which I think maybe we'll mm. give him credit for. He's really good in Nightcrawler. Doesn't he die mm-hmm. in Nightcrawler? I don't remember. I know he's, he's at least good. critically injured. I think, yeah, if I and then he just gets his body filmed by Jake. Jones. God, Nightcrawler's a good movie. He's good in it. So it was it was rough to see that. It just kind of it was another death of of we couldn't have per- like everyone always says. Oh, you know, the next one to go is Morgan Freeman or Will Smith, but like it's, it's never the ones we expect to go next. It's never going to be. It's never going to be someone like Angelina Jolie who's just dying in a plane crash or something, knock on wood there. But, uh, you know, it's always I'd like, I'd be okay oh. with that, actually, you know. <laughs> Bandit, settle down. If we, Bandit, if we could trade her. If, if, if that happens tomorrow. If we could get Pill Paxton back by giving her up, that'd be fine by you me. just raise Angelina Jolie's death chances by 50,000%. I want you to know that now. Fate uh, is, on, is not on your side right now. Because <laughs> Bill, Bill Paxton's like he, he's never gone away. Like it, it feels like like in the eighties, Commando, Terminator. Then in the in the nineties, Predator, uh, Tombstone. He, he was really good in Tombstone. Apollo thirteen, Twister, Titanic. And then in the two thousands, you've got he plays probably the most miscast person in the Thunderbirds movie. Um, he's in the Spy Kids films, uh, Mighty Joe Young. And then in the twenty tens, he, he was in yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. He was the sergeant. Oh, that's right. Yes, he's so good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? And you know, you know who Bill Paxton is? You're an American. No, sir, I'm from Alabama or something like that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Bill Paxton's like, he, he's one of he's, he's the guy that's like, oh, it's that guy. But you know it's Bill Paxton, you know? Mm-hmm. He was an he's got such a distinctive voice as well, yeah. isn't he? 
Yeah. He's also recently um, in the Training Day TV remake. He plays the Denzel Washington role, I think. Because um, they've remade that as like a five-episode miniseries for CBS, I think. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And um, Justin he Cornwell plays, plays um, the rookie cop. I forget who played him in wow. Training Day. And Bill Paxton is playing Denzel Washington's role. Um, I think so, yeah. I think um, Anton Fuqua um, did the... Um, is producing that series. Okay, Ethan Hawke, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. It's the rookie cop. Because yeah, I know that you um, love Training Day. I listened to the Denzel Washington podcast because I was on that week. Oh, well, mm. thank you, Trilby. That was a, that was <laughs> was a good episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to the podcast that I'm not in. I hear you bitch about me. <laughs> I, I hear it. I, I hear it. Crap about you, Chili. <laughs> oh, it's 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 okay. I talk smack about you when you're not on. Oh wait, you're always on. Yes. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. I, I think the, I, I think the only listeners. Episode... I feel like I just, I just sipped my tea in front of my microphone. I want to apologize to the listeners for that. My, I know that's a gross sad. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Yeah, but with with Bill Paxton, it sucks as well because apparently, um, uh, Neil Blomkamp's alien movie that's set after aliens Uh, and might possibly include like hicks and all that apparently that's still going on so we might have even had a chance to see hudson again because you don't technically see him die in aliens you know he just gets pulled through the floor he could have got away the concept there was the alien um colonial marines game and he survives in it but they never explain how he survived it and it's really frustrating Really, I heard it was they made it that Hicks survived, even though he's supposed oh, to be on the ship with Ripley. That for might some be reason. it. I've, I'm not going to claim to have played that terrible game. It, it would make more <laughs> that's, sense that's, that's <laughs> if it was hard. Soon. Yeah. Ooh, he jumped on that alien knowledge real quick, Chilby. Did you see that? I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm actually in page 364 <laughs> of the game's manual, specifically. Says he Ooh, so I, I, feel, I feel winded after that. Uh, that's that sucker punch <laughs> that bandit gave me. <laughs> You feel that bus he was throwing you under? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you may be um, a bit under the weather, Bandit, but your wit is as sharp as ever. Well, you know, you got, you got, you, both of you guys seem to be exceptionally well when your guys are like... Because when, when you said you were drunk, you, that one time where you, you were drinking oh, that was wine... that the best I've ever done. And you guys did the best... Well, that was like our, one of our best podcasts. And usually when Bandit's really tired, he gets really sassy. It starts like throwing out all his agendas against these celebrities. And it's real funny. I've still got oh. half a bottle of wine next door left over from Christmas. I need to d- drink that during the next podcast. Just start chugging it while we're talking about Logan. And just be like, oh, Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then I'm just going to spill all, spill all the red wine down me and think, I'm bleeding, but there's no injury. I have a healing factor. <laughs> to the roof. <laughs> then I just start trying to slam through the walls like Juggernaut. <laughs> your fiance walks in like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> anyway. But speaking of death, uh, okay. uh, Batman oh, v Superman is dying at the Razzies. Is that our next oh, new story? <laughs> um, Yes, um, the Razzies. Um, Thank you. <laughs> basically, a comedic counterpoint to the Oscars. The Razzies were last night. They've got they've got um, like a comedic video. They they actually had a really endearing immemorium section. Basically, you're saying 2016 was the worst, wasn't it? Um, but uh, I'll just uh, read off some of the some of the winners. Um, even though lots of films were nominated, this was basically two films hogged all of the awards. I would um, imagine. Batman v Superman, uh, Dawn of Dawn of Justice uh, was nominated for eight and it won four. It won. Um, what did it win? It won worst supporting actor uh, with four. Jesse Eisenberg. Good. 
Uh, it, well uh, it won. It won worst screen combo uh, with Ben Affleck and his baddest foe forever, BFF Henry Cavill. Um, <laughs> worst prequel ripoff remake or sequel. Yeah, um, sequel. Yeah. And uh, Chris Terrio and David S. Goya uh, also won for worst screenplay for Batman. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That, that screenplay should haunt them forever. <laughs> uh, it probably will. Yeah, it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, but yeah, um, and the other winner of the night was uh, the um, docu- the, it was the propaganda masquerading as a pseudo-documentary Hillary's America, The Secret History of the Democratic Party, which won Worst Picture. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza won Worst Director. Dinesh D'Souza won Worst Actor, as he played himself. Um, Rebecca Turner, who played Hillary Clinton in Hillary's America, The Secret History of the Democratic Party, also won. And the other winner or loser of the night was Kristen Wiig for Worst Supporting Actor in Zoolander 2. Um, the Razzie Redeemer Award went to Mel Gibson because he was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor for Expendables 3 and he did Hacksaw Ridge this year. Yeah, yeah. And the and the Barry L. Bumstead Award for a movie that cost a lot and lost a lot in terms of budget went to Misconduct, which is the thriller starring uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Al Pacino uh, and a few other big celebrities. They made it for $11 million and it grossed like 100000 at the at the domestic box office. That was a massive box office bomb. So that was the well. It's was, not as much. As, it's not as much as I feel like other movies have lost. That's only eleven million dollars. I, I mean, it's a lot of money, at, but still. If you look at the sheer percentage, I think, like for example, Paranormal Activity is the most profitable film ever made, even though it's not the most successful. I think it, it's it's a, it's looking at those ratios. But you also had um, nominees with like Jared Leto for Worst Supporting Actor for Suicide Squad. Uh, you had. Uh, films like Dirty Grandpa and Gods of Egypt and Independence Day Resurgence, uh, which had a lot of nominations. Alice Through the Looking Glass. uh, Johnny Depp got a nomination. Come on, man. He's good in that movie. uh, Y'all need to stop hating on that movie. That's a good movie. He was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor, but he was also nominated for Worst Screen Combo. Johnny Depp and his vomitously vibrant costume. (laughs) That's that's me. Don't do the costume designers like that. That's not their fault. (laughs) The entire cast of Once Respected Actors in Collateral Beauty. The Razzies are pretty fun, though. Especially like when... Was it... it, um, Sandra Bullock that accepted her Razzie and then when it accepted her Oscar or something like that. Yeah, she was nominated for All About Steve and then won for The Blind Side. Like two, yeah. it was like one night <laughs> after the other. Terrible movies, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, Blind Side's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, Tyler Perry was um, is, is nominated again for a Medea film because that's just to be expected. Also, Tyler yeah. Perry, I'm sure, made millions of dollars off of that Medea film because he oh, writes yeah, that- and directs that movie and stars. Yeah. Nicholas Cage was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor for Snowden. He's in Snowden? Um, apparently so. I've not seen Snowden. Uh, but he, <laughs> he's, he's Hank Forrester in Snowden, apparently, according to uh, the Razzies. And police siren driving past. They must clearly be after the Razzie. Bandit, they, Bandit, they found you. We talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You won't find him here. He's in Australia. Um, so... Yeah, that, that was um, that was the thirty seventh Golden Raspberry Awards. You can find the video uh, on their YouTube channel. And like I said, even though Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad got a lot of nominees, because I know people are going to be really, really sour about that, this is basically people pay like a forty dollar yearly membership fee to be a part of the Razzies, and then they just vote at the end of the year. There's like only a thousand members. Uh, although worst screen combo was voted for by the community at Rotten Tomatoes, so 
um so yeah but that's that's the razzies it was uh it was fun is what were your like Bandit, what was your worst film of last year because me and trey did a podcast about it it's lost forever that's the one that disappeared it <laughs> yeah so, it's such a good one though it was I'm good sad. I'm sad. <laughs> so what, what was your like what would be your razzie worst picture bandit well i I kind of have to say Batman v Superman because I already said it was the worst movie ever made. I can't really. It was my go, number. It was I can't my number really three. Step back now that I've already said that. It was my number. It was my number joint number two with Suicide Squad. I can. I can. Really? You know? Yeah. I guess Suicide Squad. My 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 worst movies of 2016 were kind of like it was a real big DC bash episode, which maybe might be a good thing we didn't post it because oh, my yeah, three. <laughs> My three worst movies of 2016, in 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 in, a, in ascending order, were <laughs> Batman v Superman, The Killing Joke, and Suicide Squad. So oh, there's so there's my worst movies I saw last year. I, I didn't see Collateral Beauty, and I didn't see Gods of Egypt because why would I see Gods of Egypt? You know, um, so I really because the more I thought about it, the anger I got about the movies, and I got. The level of three to one, dependent on how angry I got when I thought about that movie. And there are parts of Batman Superman I can watch, but I can never find myself going back to watch The Killing Joke or Suicide Squad ever again. Mm-hmm. So. And my th- uh, third worst was The Brothers Grimsby. Second worst was Batman v Superman tied with Suicide Squad, because they're both terrible films by the same company, and they're terrible for very similar yet also very different reasons. So I couldn't pick between the two. And number one was London Has Fallen. Oh yeah, Chili also <laughs> went on a good twenty-minute rant about why London Has Fallen is incredibly xenophobic and racist. But before we go into that spiel, <laughs> make London great again. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of massive disappointments, the prologue for Alien Covenant was released. Um, oh and, yeah. And listen, I listen. I'm not saying I look. I really dug the prologue. I'm only calling this prologue because I know Bandit saw the prologue and I watched his reaction. He didn't like it at all. Shelby, have you seen this? I, I did. I've been it. meaning to see it. It's. I really dug it's, it. It's like Alien meets Big Brother. <laughs> That's how I've seen it. Well, is, is it a mockumentary? Yeah, it's just a bunch of people standing just, around drinking, just, going, ha, it's, ha, Danny ha, McBride, ha, ha. it's Danny McBride dressing the camera like, listen, I just think that sometimes James Franco should stop leaving parties early, that's all. It's just them Who addressing makes the James Franco the captain of the ship? Come I didn't on. know that James Franco was in the I film. got, I, I didn't either. I got a very, very alien vibe from the scene, though, especially the way James Franco talks. He talks, what's, what's the captain's name in the first movie again? I keep forgetting. The captain, the, I, I oh, know yeah. I'm asking, I'm, I, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. he uh, talks a lot Dallas like the captain. From the very first movie you made. Yes, is that his name? Yeah, the guy with the beard in the first movie. Dallas, yeah, 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 yeah. Dallas, Dallas. Yeah, he talks a lot like Dallas from the first movie. Just the way he just like yeah, I'm gonna, he talked very kind of low and monotone. But I don't know. I think I think I think it's set up. I don't think James Franco is the one that's sick. But I think I, what I do like about this scene is that it's it's pretty much all filled and and i'll describe it for you trilby and the audience if you guys haven't seen it we essentially we open up on a ship flying into space and uh we then cut to the crew doing crew <laughs> things and then james franco as the captain takes off and then they all start partying and having a good um, time it's like i'm really there thanks trilby and one of them <laughs> one of the because i think they're all there they're all couples and they're all there on a colonization mission i think is what they said and then one of the one of the females starts like having a real bad coffee, very similar to John Hurt in Alien, um, and then 
<laughs> Michael Fassbender's android smacks her, smacks her in the back and like I guess dislodges what was ever in her throat. Yeah, that, they, that they had, do that a had fake out. You think it's going to be a chest burster and she's just yeah. choking. So Fassbender well, hits her I, I, in the back and she coughs it up. It was great, and he's just like, "I got your back." I read a comment in the in the video that I think would have made it, and he, and I think this person is right. What if he had hit her in the back and the chestburster burst out of her chest like that? That would have been insane. That would have been so crazy. But I do like the. You this, know the, what's going to happen scene. later on, though. Later on in the movie, is she's going to have a chestburster. Everyone's like, "Oh, she's coughing again." And then the chestburst is going to come out. They're probably. What if the whole movie's just her coughing? Like, what if that's her character trait? She's the one that has a bad cough. <laughs> Can you <laughs> imagine like, that old it's, it's, it's like hot tub. It's like hot tub time machine. The guy that's always going to try get that getting that bad accident. So we're all just sitting there waiting for her the chestburst to pop out. But the whole scene really is it's filled with a lot of sub. I don't know if sub, is subversion the right word subversion of where you think something is subversiveness. Yeah, something's going to happen and then it doesn't happen. And I think. Instead, they focused on building character. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk about the ethics of having gay people on a ship because that's what essentially the comments in that video in your, that video you posted yeah. came about. I was going to mention that in the video, but I was like, no, no, no I'll just leave I, it. And everyone else is like, why do you have a gay no. couple if it's a colony ship? They can't breed. <laughs> Insemination. You can kick embryos. Like there's Interstellar. Answer that. I just, I just, guys come in like this. Watch Interstellar. Like that's how. Anyways, there are, there are ways. But my yeah, I'm not here to talk. I'm not here to debate the ethics of. But then they'd have to have a lesbian spaceship. couple as well, and they swap. Not necessarily. You know? Not necessarily. Otherwise, it would be more efficient of a spot if you just had a man and a woman again. <laughs> I think Ridley Scott just wanted to have gay people in his movies. People would stop calling him a racist. So. <laughs> I, I think that's honestly what happened here. Well, do you um, think this is this prologue going to be in the movie, or is it a separate thing? Because before Prometheus, there was those like short films about like Meet David, wasn't it? And it was yeah. um, yeah. those like videos talking about like it was the videos. Um, they were almost like commercials for the replicant or yeah. something like that. So, do you think this is going to be a separate thing, or do you think this no, is this, just this, a five-minute scene? No, it's shot like an actual scene from the movie, which I at first I was a little trepidatious. I'm like, why would I want to watch the first oh, five minutes to a movie? But I think it's important that they release this out because I think this it really does match the tone of the trailers to the extent of it feels very sinister, but it also has a lot of you know lightheartedness to it in the characters. Um, I don't know. I, it's probably gonna, it's probably going to take place right after the logos, I guess. You know, maybe it's just going to be like you know it's logos ship and then the movie starts. <laughs> Hmm. They they do make there's one of them says oh, I heard some crazy story about a whole bunch of alien <laughs> bugs by this oh, yeah. this colony. And yeah. It's like well if that's LV four two six then this is set after aliens. Well if they're uh, yeah and my well, no this in is definitely case, uh, this Ripley could is probably in cryosleep floating around. Somewhere. No this is definitely set before the first alien. I mean yeah. it would have to be if. If you know, the, you know they're still sending out the, the David esque androids, I think what's this one's name? This one has a different name though. It's not David. Like if they still, and I think the plot even is about. Don't they mention? They mentioned Shaw in the synopsis. This is definitely set before Alien, but after yeah. Prometheus. So it's that, in that, that would space. mean then, because it is established in Aliens that there are other aliens in this galaxy before they meet the Xenomorph, and they call them like this yeah. stand up fighter, another bug hunt. So she could just be talking about some other alien thing. I do. I. I. I'm that. That's like a massive like Chekhov's gun. Though. Like, like clearly, it's like I heard about these giant cockroach things that were like the size of giant poodles. Yeah. Like, like, why okay, would you say well, that if you're not referring to the other movie? 
maybe if you were <laughs> I'm like I'm like it just seemed really obvious I'm like okay well then clearly or dude could you imagine like David punches her in the back and then a giant cockroach comes out of her chest this movie this movie has the opportunity to do some really cool stuff and I hope Ridley Scott doesn't just remake the first Alien because that would I really, really suck for me I really want them to bring in the Arcturians that they mentioned in Aliens I really really want that remember that and line? I don't know what that is there, nope. there's the line he's like I could really do with some of that Arcturian poontang and he goes, male or female, it don't matter if it's Arcturian. So there's some race of alien that's... So there's some race of alien where the genders are kind of the same and they're sexually compatible with humans. Just from that okay. one line. <laughs> I want to see what they look like. It turns out that is James Franco. It's like, oh, the one you least expect. Well, my question now is... So is James Franco can't be the one that's sick because we see Billy Crudup get Doctor Manhattan, we see him get the face hugger in the trailer, don't we? Unless it's just clever editing. Um, you know what? I, you know what I'd really appreciate in the movie is then when he leans his face over the egg, you hear somebody go, "Hey, don't do, hey, watch out," you know? Because like the egg opens and then he looks in and like maybe someone just like, "Hey, man, watch out," and then he moves his head and then that scene I mean, just keeps going. I'm down yeah. for a scene. In the movie. And, like, and if there's like a collapsing spaceship, they can be like, no, run to the side. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then they start doing that. <laughs> but the, the good thing about a film like Alien Covenant is that because it's, I'm guessing most of it's going to be set on this spaceship, there's not going to be any leaked set photos or anything. We, we could be completely surprised. They don't need to show anything. There could be a predator bursting out of someone's chest for all we know is, instead of an alien, and we, we, we never know. Yeah. I, I do say, I do really enjoy, I really dug the first trailer. Um, I really enjoyed the, the, I think, I think the prologue, I'm getting excited for the movie and the poster is, of course, is spectacular. It's a great poster. Mm -hmm. I I know at the end of May. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's been long enough since Prometheus that probably most of the audience is not going to care about having any of the questions from Prometheus answered. What is the black goo? Yeah, <laughs> it's a mutagen. Now it's like something. Now it's like black spores, right? That's what they step on, and it gets in his ear or whatever. And yeah, right? Doesn't that happen in the first trailer? Yeah. yeah. I've well, already forgotten most of that film, so it's it's good to move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, like I like it. Um, okay, well then, let's no, let's 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 go into our nominations for for best homework assignment, uh, shall we, gentlemen? Bullshit. Wait a minute. What can a black man do to get some water around here? Give the fucking guy some water. He's black. He's been through a lot. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is your nominees for best homework assignment. And to present our, our nominees are Mr. Trilby slash Mr. Tardis. Trilby, please go ahead. Okay, uh, the nominee that I've put forward, even though I consider it to be maybe a bit of an Oscar snub because the Weinsteins did jackal to promote it, which is very unlike the Weinsteins, but that's uh, The Founder starring Michael Keaton. Uh, and it's the story of the quote-unquote founding of the McDonald's fast food restaurant chain. Um, have either of, you, either of you two seen this? McDonald's? No, I, yeah. I really oh, no, the movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's on my list. Uh, have, either, have either of you two seen a McDonald's? Like a real one? <laughs> um, no, but um, yeah, basically it's um, <laughs> set in the 50s, and McDonald's has been established for a couple of years, and it's um, 
only in a couple of states. And Ray, uh, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, who's just a traveling uh, milkshake uh, maker salesman. Um, and he um, gets an order in for eight uh, milkshake makers, even though like, he's, never see, he's never seen a restaurant need more than one or two. So he travels to the original McDonald's, and it's the two McDonald's brothers, uh, played by John Carroll Lynch and Nick Offerman. And he decides to, business, to partner up, um, have a business uh, relationship with these two gentlemen. And he essentially steals McDonald's right out from under them because he starts franchising uh, the chain to, to different um, companies, to different owners all across America. And he's able to use uh, property loopholes and other business uh, jargon mumbo jumbo to essentially steal the McDonald's chain from under its original creators. And it's basically the social network, but with McDonald's. And if that sounds like something you'd be into... I highly recommend you check out The Founder because this is a really solid biopic. I think Michael Keaton uh, gives a terrific performance. I was thinking he might be nominated for Best Actor for it after he, um, like, because he's had a great couple of years. It's a, it's a Keaton renaissance, yeah. basically, after Keaton, Spotlight. Sons, yeah. Yeah, yeah Keaton Sons after Spotlight, after Birdman, after Need for Speed. Uh, that was a massive Oscar snub in my Robo, opinion. Robocop. Just, Robocop. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, um, of course, he's also got. He's also appearing in Spider-Man: Homecoming, which should be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, but but um, it's the first half starts off as basically just a big commercial for McDonald's. It talks about the founding of it and how great it is. It's oh, let's let's order, uh, let's get orders ready in thirty seconds instead of thirty minutes. Let's revolutionise the whole thing. And you kind of forget how revolutionary McDonald's actually was, even though it just seems so bog standard and normal today. Like people would just have to wait in their cars outside of a restaurant, wait 30 minutes for an order to arrive. And it would probably be undercooked or it would be cold or it would just be the wrong order. And you'd have to eat it in the car and you'd have to get rid of all the plates and the knives and forks. Whereas McDonald's was the first big restaurant chain to have paper packaging that you just throw away. It was ready almost immediately after you ordered it because there was this... um, incredibly elaborate system that the mcdonald brothers had coordinated to get orders because constantly moving and constantly ready um, and just incredibly cheap food like it was 10 cents for a burger and 20 cents for a milkshake or like back in the 50s oh and God. it starts off as it starts Screw off as a commercial 50s <laughs> i know bloody inflation uh, back in my day you could watch a movie for a nickel what you just call me shelby <laughs> sorry i'd like to trade this gentleman for a screening of batman please um, well it's it's why back uh, this may sound weird but random bit of trivia even though the dark knight made more money than tim burton's batman because of inflation it's like more people went to see tim burton's batman than they did yeah. the dark knight in terms of sheer numbers tim well, burton's batman was more popular record of people that have seen a movie in theaters isn't it like 60 something million which doesn't sure. sound it doesn't sound like a lot considering the movies make billions of dollars, but I guess you know, if you look at how the math works, I'm not gonna nowadays only three people need to see a movie and it breaks box office records. That's ticket prices for you. <laughs> Thanks, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, but, but yeah, and then but then the second half, it gets you to really like these two brothers, and then it's kind of depressing to see this happen to them because even though um ray Kroc is he's a he's a really smart businessman and you kind of respect him you also hate what he did because um it's not i don't know if it's really a spoiler because it's like a true story and everything but at the end of the film when um he finally gets complete and total control over mcdonald's he basically says to the mcdonald's brothers 
uh, I give you my word, going to have a handshake deal that you will get royalties from this. You'll get royalties for you and your family for the rest of, like, until McDonald's is over. And those royalties are estimated to be about $130 million a year and rising. However, the McDonald's brothers and their family have not received a cent. Dude. Yeah, this is... And it's one of those films that makes you never want to eat a McDonald's again out of spite, but makes you really want to crave a Big Mac. I just want to eat McDonald's now. You're just like, you're just like, man, he sucks. You bite into your McGrill. Exactly. That McRib. I don't even know if this is meat. (laughs) Definitely ain't pork. Well, yeah, and, and Michael Keaton's great. It's got a really great just ensemble cast. Like, um, random thing, Jeremy Renner is a producer of this film, and his wife in Age of Ultron, um, uh, Laura Barton, um, Linda Cardellini, is in this yeah, film. Yeah, Linda Cardellini, yeah. It's, it's really random. It was just so strange just seeing Jeremy Renner appear as a producer. Um, but it's... It's a really solid biopic. I don't think it's like it's not got the wit or the style of uh, the social network. This does wow. feel like um, th- this does feel like a. It's an ambitious story in terms of how long it is, and the and of course it's got the McDonald's name on it. But it's not a big like it, this is kind of like um, the same s- scale as Saving Mr. Banks, and it comes from the same director. It also comes from the same director as The Blind Side, but this film is significantly better than the blind side um but i'd really recommend you check out the founder if you can like it's been overlooked at the oscars because the weinstein company have done a terrible job ironically considering the source material of the founder uh, and all the lawsuits and everything all of the legal stuff that happened uh, the um production company who made the founder sued the weinstein company because in their contract they said you will not put this movie up against another weinstein movie in the release schedule and they released it on the same week as gold the matthew mcconaughey film also done by the weinstein company so (laughs) a movie about suing and legal mumbo jumbo ended up suing the people who distributed the film which is probably why they decided not to push Michael Keaton for Best Actor or at the Oscars or anything like that. But Can you imagine? Like, Michael Keaton has three years in a row where he's nominated for Best Picture? That's crazy. Uh, that, yeah, that would have been... Just, <laughs> that, like, having two in a row is impressive enough anyway, but Michael Keaton, um, I guess, hope he continues to find work like this because he really does excel at roles like this. He's really natural. He's He plays a sleazy but unlikable yet oddly respectable businessman who did kind of revolutionize mcdonald's and bring it to the masses but he did ultimately steal it I, and and the title of the founder is a deliberately like knowingly ironic title and it's able to pull the rug up from under the audience in terms of it it starts off as a commercial and then it's like yeah that stuff you love and that food you enjoy yeah that's that's dirty money basically um, I, I think that it's it's a story that's worth knowing about. And, of course, you don't have to eat at McDonald's or you could eat as much as you want, but I think it's just worth knowing about the American dream and what capitalism can sometimes look like. So, yeah, so I, I recommend The Founder wholeheartedly. Mm. Wow. So has anybody else got any other films? I do, yes, The Ooh. Founder. Um, no, not The Founder, but I was just closing <laughs> <right>. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I got I saw Lego Batman finally. I, I, yes. I saw Lego Batman a couple weeks ago, and and here's and here's what I will say. I don't think just because it's nowhere. My family is. I'm not sure you can hear them. It, just because it is nowhere near as good as the Lego Movie doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Because the Lego Movie for me is a movie that's slowly creeping toward the ten out of ten film for me. Um, so that being said, trademark uh, copyright Sherman Way. <laughs> 
<laughs> Lego Batman movie is not a great movie. Bam, it you is have a been good raped. One. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that Don't one. Well. Every podcast is every podcast is someone's first podcast. <laughs> no context to, my friends to that at, joke. <laughs> to my friends at school who just who are listening, who may be listening to us, and they're just like they're just like, what did he just say? Just just ignore it. Just forget it. Just forget about it. Um, like and Lego Batman may not. It's it's not it's not a great movie. It is a good one though. And it's unfortunate because the first maybe 40 minutes, maybe long, maybe half hour, is really, really strong. And it's really funny. It's really clever. It's very subversive. But and like it's like, it's like people have been saying, once they realize they have to actually tell a story and get out a Batman, actually, like an actual Batman movie, you realize that that's their weak point. You can tell they don't have a filler to Chris Miller to really hammer out that script and really work out the story really well. Because, you know, literally from the first frame and the first second of the movie, I was laughing really, really hard. <laughs> Especially two best friends. Oh my God, that light's so great. Okay. It just... It, it and I was really upset that the movie couldn't keep that. Not necessarily. I mean, not even the pacing because you can slow down your movie, or whatever. But the just the the wit. I feel like never never matched up what we got in that first maybe third maybe first half of the movie. Um, and and Will Arnett does a good job. Michael Sarah does a fine job as Robin. Uh, Rosario Dawson. I don't know if it's because they didn't write her anything funny to say. But I um she just seemed very bland to me as Batgirl, um, and my, I'll say Zach Galifianakis as the Joker is, is is an inspired choice and he's very good in it. And I love the relationship that Batman and the Joker has. It's very, it's it's really funny. I I hate you. I just, that was great. Um, <laughs> the way they handle the Lego mechanics, I found quite disappointing. Not necessarily just because. There aren't there aren't things like thumbprints or cracked helmets or anything like that, but just because it was really it, it bummed me out to see real water. If that makes any sense? Like it was like to see CG water in a Lego movie just kind of made me upset. Cause I'm, I'm used to watching like a movie and seeing like all the little Lego pieces. You know, they did Clayface pretty well until I couldn't do the water. Um, but overall, I was just I found myself disappointed, but still very entertained. And I don't think I don't think I don't think it's a film I'm going to come back to a lot and and see over and over again but i do think it's a film that you can tell the people behind it really do love the character of batman perhaps if they just had a stronger script um i feel like we would have gotten a better movie it's like a seven and a half out of ten for me yeah so i um i've uh, reviewed it i think it was the last time i was on the podcast and i gave it like i think i, I think i gave it like a nine out of ten um yeah. I, I agree that the story is the weakest part and uh, when you have a character like the teenage to batman that they've got in the in this lego franchise he's incredibly stubborn and refuses to learn his lesson which means that the movie it, it's got quite a slow pace in terms of his progression as a character because he just refuses to learn the lesson that he needs to learn for a very long time. Um, but apart from that, that, that was like my main problem with the Lego Batman movie. But I think I, enjoy, I clearly enjoyed it a lot more than you did. But I think, um, I, I think this one might actually, in retrospect, when you look at Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad and this current mopey, self-serious DCEU that we've got, I think this is just a massive breath of fresh air. 
Oh yeah, it's uh, it's most definitely something that you can. Oh, it's it's nice to see Batman telling a joke. You know, Iron Man sucks. It's it's a nice it's a nice <laughs> joke that I, I, I just wish I just wish I could have gotten the substance. You know, what I'm saying because you don't you, you don't you, you don't reckon it'll uh, eventually become the highest grossing Batman movie of all time. I absolutely not. Uh, oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It'd what it's be pretty at right great now, if it, it did. Only, <laughs> it opened at like forty million at the box office, which isn't I, terrible, but it's not you know something spectacular. I think it's like at half the current gross of uh, the Lego Movie, like just under half. Oh, which that's is, not, that I, is not a lot. I think that's a bit disappointing because yeah. it, it cost. Uh, it had a bigger budget than the Lego Movie. Yeah, uh, that Lego is movie, like, um, that's only like two hundred something million, right? So yeah, Lego Movie got four hundred and sixty nine million. And Lego Batman currently stands at two hundred and twenty-six million. It, uh, so more money still to come in, but unless it's opening in any more territories, this thing could top out at two hundred and fifty. Ooh, right? that and that's not... op- that's op- that's optimistic. That is not good. What, what was the budget? Uh, Eighty million, and for the Lego Movie, it was sixty oh, million. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's at least one hundred and sixty in in because there was a lot of promo for this movie too so that's 160 budget uh mm-hmm. you know and then you can take away some of the profits from the movie theater yeah that's i mean they, they yeah. made money they made money for sure but they did not make that was not a massive success mm-hmm. if, it's at, if only top set at 200 million oh, yeah or 250 uh, yeah that is disappointing I'm, I and I just and like i liked the movie it, it feels to me kind of like rogue one when i saw rogue one i was like yeah that was good maybe i just needed more i just i just i felt I felt like they they had a really good half hour sketch in mind for a Batman thing, and they said, "Oh, let's just have Batman come in and take that." All. It, it, and it's weird because the first me, the first the opening feels very Lego movie. It feels very high energy, really clever, really obviously trying to stick, make a statement about um, modern Batman cinema and Batman as a whole. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of just it doesn't have the story of this hero who wants to come up and save the day and, and being a good person, how everyone's special in their own way that, that the Lego movie was able to have. And, and the only reason I can really compare this to Lego movie is because it feels like a direct sequel in many respects. But um, I don't know. I just, I did. And especially in what they do in the third act in terms of who they, they, they bring in characters. And I just think, I just said, why isn't this making me jump out of my seat? Like, I think, like, I think they want it to. Mm. So was, was the Joker the main villain? Yes. Okay. Can can you mm-hmm. tell us some of the other characters? With, um, without, yeah, it's I don't been know a couple of weeks. So I think spiders are okay. Um, well, Joker, Joker goes into this. I guess this land of bad people, and he the brings Phantom out zone. yeah, his Phantom Zone. There he goes, and he brings in all the villains that Warner Brothers owns. So you see like the Daleks from Doctor Who and and Sauron <laughs> and Lord of the Rings, and and it sounds funny, right? And it's and it's funny yeah. for like the first two minutes. Oh, I, and, I thought it stayed funny because um, this because the thing about Lego Batman is that it exists in the Lego Movie universe, which, yeah. as we know from the first film, encompasses many franchises. Middle Earth, yeah. Yeah. So you've got Voldemort, who's not voiced by Ray Fiennes, even which though he's Alfred. Is a shame. Why they they got Billy D? They got if they could get Billy D, yeah. they could get Ray Fiennes to do two different voices. That's all I'm saying. And King Kong is in there as well. The Wicked Witch of the West, uh, the yeah. Kraken from Clash of the Titans, the Gremlins, um, <laughs> which uh, I thought was really funny. How um, the Gremlins are the one ripping apart the plane, Twilight Zone yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and you, 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 they have a lot of fun with the, the different franchises. But apart from that and the Lego aesthetic, it doesn't feel like it 
needed to be a Lego Batman movie, but yeah. it's not really criticism. I don't think. I think it's hi, my, hi there, hi there. My name is Richard Grayson, but all all my friends call me Dick. Well, kids can be cruel. That might be the best line <laughs> of the entire movie. That might be the best line in the entire movie. <laughs> but the the scene in the Fortress of Solitude with other Justice League members. Mm, I, I think thought... that might be the moment where I realized I wasn't loving this movie. Was really? the scene in the Fortress of Solitude after the doorbell joke? That's pretty much. I don't think I laughed another <laughs> time in that in, the, in that scene. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good doorbell joke, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, there goes your heart, Trey. That's just look. Look at that cute Robin face. Does they, he need yeah, to make his eyes they, any bigger? Maybe it's because they gave nothing. They gave Robin nothing other than the fact that he was just adorable. And I'm like, that's great. But what else is he? He's just there to look adorable and and do adorable things. And I'm like, I, I need, I need something maybe a little more. Uh, yeah, uh, fair enough. This is what I'm. But at least you've got the Lego Movie Two coming out. Is it next year? Out for order, Chris Miller. Yeah, yeah, I'm so excited. Oh no, that's 2019. Uh, there was the Ninjago trailer though. Oh, Ninjago! Did... It's really good. Yeah, that, that looks that looks really surprisingly good. good. The it's what? Cool. Like, they have like the the like Nin Ninjago. Lego Ninjago. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Sorry, don't mind me. Heard something else. <laughs> no. Um, what is what, one of the kids playing with this Ninjago? <laughs> it looks like um, it kind of looks like an old Jackie Chan movie, where like you know, like he's fighting like uh, he's like he's like slamming the like fridge doors into people. It looks really cool. Well, Jackie uh, Chan is a, is a voice in the film, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I watched I watched that show they did a couple of years ago. I watched some of that show. That's a good show. Yeah, that and I'm I'm happy they're building up their brand and doing stuff other than you know Lego movie sequels. They're they're really expanding this out, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Bandit, did you, yeah, did you see anything, Bandit? No. <laughs> I oh. haven't seen anything. I've been reviewing really old movies, so I haven't really gone out and seen a movie. We are movie maniacs, and we're watching <laughs> lots of films. <laughs> so, some movie got snubbed because Bandit didn't see it. I, I can tell you about your... the assembly cut of Alien 3, though. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone's interested, here, 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 I got you, here, I got you. Or you can all see it on Bandit's video, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Bandit Incorporated. Mm, <laughs> got you, got you. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> should, we jump into, <laughs> should we jump into some questions? Because we're approaching the, the one hour mark. Do you not have another movie to use your Um, I could do a lightning round real quick. Please. Ooh. Okay, one second. Hang on. Right, I've got to make you note to ahead. include um, the sound effects because I haven't had a chance to oh, do it again since the last one. <laughs> okay, right, so I've got 60 seconds. I've got a timer on my phone. Do you want me to time you? Do you want me to do it? No, I've got a timer. I've got one. Okay. The delay as well in time. Okay, right, ready? Yes. Three, two, one. One go. I saw hidden figures, um, and after researching the true story, it's a massive embellishment of what actually happened, but it's still a noteworthy and relevant story. Um, I feel like this is the best uh, lifetime movie ever made because it does have those um, aspirations, but it's still a really good, really endearing film. Uh, the central cast is really, really good, and um, the guy—he was um, the bad guy in Luke Cage, uh, Mahershala Ali. Uh, he was yes. also in um, in Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight. Yes. He's had a hell of a year hasn't he 
Yes. Uh, he was in Free State of Jones, but he'd rather you forget about that. Um, but the the trio was really, really good. I'm not really sure why Octavia Spencer is the one who's got the nomination. I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of embellishments to the source material, which kind of makes Kevin Costner like the white savior character, which is a even though uh, the, in the true story they had a lot more agency, uh, the um, the African-American women who helped to get the astronauts into space. You can say black, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <I'd> rather, <laughs> uh, then SJWs will come after me. And that's my minute. But I highly recommend Hidden Figures. I give it 7 out of 10. Uh, and I have one... Um, I Have any of you two seen Hidden Figures? No, it's on my list. No, no okay. I've, I've heard about it, so... <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, uh, it's it's probably not it's probably not going to win anything at the Oscars tonight because we're recording this like the Oscars are like three or four hours away. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned yeah, you mentioned but, it embellishes the history. How much does it embellish the history? End of lightning round. Not a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, essentially, um, the, the, of course, this is 1960s America. There was a lot of racial segregation. There's coloured bathrooms, coloured water fountains, um, and th- there was obviously a lot of oppression happening in 1960s America. Um, but even it feels like the main. Um, a trio of actresses who um, who are in the film: uh, Taraji B Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monae. Uh, those three char- those three actresses playing the three characters. Uh, they had a lot more agency in real life, uh, whereas in this film they have, they often have to have uh, Kevin Costner come to the rescue quite a bit. Like there's a scene when um, uh, Taraji B Henson's character she plays Ka- um, is, is it Catherine Goble? Yeah, uh, Catherine Goble Johnson, uh, the math one of the mathematicians at NASA. Uh, she has to run a quarter of a mile just to go to the bathroom because in that section of NASA there was no coloured bathroom. Uh, like so she has to go all the way to the other side of NASA just to use the restroom, which so it's like a forty minute walk. Um, and what actually happened in real life was that she uh, didn't even know uh, that there was um, that the there was racial segregated toilets in that part of the building. She just kept on going into the white bathrooms. And when people told her, no, these are white ones, she just kept on going in anyway. Uh, so instead in the film, she stands up to Kevin Costner's character, who's the head of this division at NASA. And then he just breaks down the colored sign. Uh, so it just feels like they had a lot more agency and a lot more authority in the real life story. But it, it's still a, it's still a really good biopic. I think even if it does do a lot of embellishment, it's one that makes you want to research the story more. Cause this is a story that uh, like, there was a book that came out a year ago, um, the hidden figures book. So this is a very, this is a story that's only been told very, very recently. And random trivia: the director, uh, the director Theodore Melfi, he was actually offered the Spider-Man Homecoming gig, and he turned it down to do Hidden Figures. Okay, so so it's really more about just like these three women just in their life during that time. Because what I heard about about it was it's like these were the real masterminds behind the space landing, and people were like, "Huh, really?" Well, there was there was some of the there were some of the most important people working at NASA to overtake uh, Russia in the space race, yeah, yeah. Um, and you've got Catherine Goebel, who was like one of the main mathematicians doing um, who did the John Glenn launch mission in 1962, which is the first American to orbit the Earth because uh, Russia had beat them to it at that time. Yeah. Um, but there's also the story of. Um, 
I guess looking at uh, Dorothy Vaughn, who was the very first uh, African-American female supervisor at NASA, and Chanel Monet, who is playing the very first African-American female engineer um, at NASA. And she was also one of the, I think she was the first woman to ever graduate from Virginia school, because that was a white school back in the 60s. So you've got these three stories happening at the same time over the course of um, a couple of years, uh, whereas... In reality, these three women were working at NASA for about 20, 30 years. Uh, but the film compresses all of those achievements down to just a handful of months and years. Um, there's, it, there, is embe- there is a lot of embellishment, but the actual root of the story and what it's representing and the inspirational story that it is telling still comes through. And I nice. um, really appreciated and enjoyed it. I just don't really think it would make my personal top 20 of the past year, let alone be a Best Picture nominee. But it's, uh, it's for lack of a better term, a black movie. And when you've had Oscar so white, I can understand why they wanted to, what they wanted to nominate it. Right. I, I will say this, cool. my entire family. So my entire family has seen it. So that's not entire, that's not surprising. They love those quote unquote black movies. Um, Quote, end quote, black movies. Okay. <laughs> um, I have, I, I, if you give me, I want, I want to talk about a movie for 30 seconds. I feel like it's not going to get any love, and it's a pretty good movie. So if I can have 30 seconds, then we'll jump into the listener questions. Okay. I'll tell you when you've got 10 seconds left, okay? Okay. So again, give me, give me the start. Give me the start. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So I saw Fist Fight. That's the movie with Charlie Day and Ice Cube. Now, before you guys go, why should we talk about Fist Fight? Because it's a good movie. I saw it, and it's really funny, and I laughed pretty much the entire way and not only is it funny it has a really good message it has a lot of heart to it and i don't think it's getting the love that it deserves because in a world where the best comedy of last year was technically ghost with was technically ghostbusters i think if this fight should have gotten more love it's really funny hashtag I'll look like a minion uh seven out of ten Three, two seconds to spare. So that's another black movie because it's got Ice Cube in it, right? That's how the, is yes. that how this works? <laughs> yes. Give it an Oscar. <laughs> and I've got one more film, which yeah, well, I, don't, I think hardly He's anyone like has seen. Ten guys rolled into one, so yeah, it counts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that guy needs to play JJ in the new Spider-Man reboot. Yes! Let him be JJ. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I know. Give me those pi- pictures of Spider-Man, desk. you dig? <laughs> <laughs> oh god and, <laughs> you um, dig you dig really he goes all straight That's out of Compton and starts smashing the office with a baseball bat you know <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen 22 Jump Street it's just the scene of him trying to get lunch it, 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 it's just like that scene in 22 can I get some water give the guy some water he's One black, black he's bitch a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> y'all have a rashes what's going on give me the green beans oh it's a funny movie. That's so funny. um yeah, I've got uh, one more film, uh, which is like hardly anybody has seen because it's such a, it's like a micro budget independent thing. But um, it's called I'm Not a Serial Killer. So three, two, one, go. Um, yeah, it's based off the book by uh, Dan Wells, and um, you know the kid who was in Where the Wild Things Are, that the film that came out seven or eight years ago. That kid's yeah. grown up now, and he's the main character in this, and he plays a teenage boy in this backwater midwestern town, um, and he's. Um, basically he's been told by his therapist and the people around him constantly that he is exhibiting signs of being a serial killer and he's he's a sociopath and what happens that an actual serial killer is um is killing people in this town and he has to find out who's doing it um it's not really much of a spoiler to say that the killer is christopher lloyd in other words doc brown from back to the future um and uh, because that's not really the twist of the film because the twist is exactly what his motives are what he and how he's killing people basically christopher 
Christopher Lloyd is a big black big black goop monster. He's basically a big pile of marmite, <laughs> which is really weird. He's, he's the black goop from Prometheus. It's a pretty decent film. It's very atmospheric, micro-budget film, um, but it never really lets you get into the main character's headspace, and that's my 60 seconds. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Alright. Speed so, round. Yeah, uh, yeah, speed round. Did pretty well. But yeah, it was, it was, the budget was like a million dollars. It's based off a book that no one's heard of, but getting Christopher Lloyd in your film to play the killer, that's if you want to see him as a villain, because you just see him as the the cheery, fun scientist professor guy in most of his roles, I think it's a, a, a subversive term. And kids, that is our word of the week. Christopher subversive. Lloyd. It's amazing he's still alive, but Bill Paxton is dead. Christopher Lloyd looked like he's... he was 100 years old back in Back to the Future, but he's still kicking. He did, isn't he? What he's is 78. He's only 78? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's kind of like John Hurt where he's yeah, always looked I was old. just about to say he's like John Hurt John Hurt always looked like an old man <laughs> his Back to the Future was uh, 30 years ago so how old he was in his late 40s no yeah. I'm not yeah he was, he was in, in his, his late 40s. 40s he was in his 40s yeah. like, like dude like okay mm-hmm. alright guys alright <laughs> 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 Let's get to uh, we'll get to our big nominees of the night. Our listener questions, everybody. Come on, man, hook me up. What the fuck y'all doing? Y'all rationing around here? Come on, hook me up. Two little fucking string beans. Give me the goddamn string beans. I want some fucking devil eggs. I like fruit. Don't you like fruit? I like fruit. But this pork shit got take me out of the Shit was nasty. He's under a lot What's of pressure up, at work. What's up, man? Wanna go to the movies? Break your motherfucking legs! Break your legs! What? How you doing, Mr. Nice Plant? Get your fucking ass in there! All right, guys. Here are your nominees because the the music, the Oscar music is playing, and we don't have time to uh, sit around and log uh, out. Here are your listener questions. Uh, do 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 do. Uh, the first one is asked by... I just lost it. Where did it go? Okay, Christopher Ryan asks, what are you all most excited about the, about the Nightwing movie and who do you want to play Nightwing? Um, the Nightwing movie... First of all, let's just start off allegedly in the Nightwing movie. It's, nothing's been confirmed yet. But the rumor, if you guys don't know at this point, I forgot to put this in the news, is that apparently Chris McKay, the guy who did Lego Batman actually, is in talks to direct the a solo Nightwing film uh, created uh, until Nightwing film to be released by Warner Brothers, obviously, which is odd in its in its own right because they can't get a Batman movie right. Why if they even try to do Nightwing at this point? Because if I were to walk into my living room and say, "Hey guys, we're getting a Nightwing," movie. <laughs> who? Everyone would go, who? Yeah, "Who's Nightwing?" <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then one guy'd be like, "Is that 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 one movie I saw with that guy in the news camera?" I'm like, "No, Grandma, that's Nightcrawler." Yeah, well, some of the names <laughs> doing the rounds now are Zac Efron, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, and some people think Arnie Hammer, because they want to set up Arnie Hammer in case Ben Affleck leaves, they can slot him in as the new Batman. That's I the rumor going around. I ain't your Robin. You will meet Batman in the park after school. And Tracy Morgan as Alfred. <laughs> Jonah Hill as Alfred. <laughs> Jonah Hill is <laughs> Listen, Batman, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can just do this right now, Batman. I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, there's only one Nightwing movie I would want to see, and that is an a Under the Red Hood movie, basically. Like, because I think with, with the way that it's set up with Robin already being dead, I, I think the best way to do a Robin legacy film would be 
under the Red Hood. I think the ground is set for that one. And it may be very similar to the Winter Soldier, even though, you know, I think Under the Red Hood did it first. Um, yeah. In terms of, you well, know, a companion who yeah. was thought to have been killed has now come back as a villain, like, it, yeah. in that respect. But I, th- I think that um, I, I the think story so is solid enough. I, I agree. Here's, a, here's, I a, free, a, here's a free letter. Here's a free letter to DC. If you guys just want to know how to do a Batman movie, and you guys clearly can't figure it out for some reason, because and that's my real focus here. I'm like, Lightning movie sounds cool, but I, I it's it's like Marvel announcing that they're, we're going to get Guardians of the Galaxy, or we're going to get we're going to get like um, Doctor Strange before we get a first Avengers movie. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, just wait mm. a minute, just give it time. If yeah. you can't do Batman, we, here you go. Just make it like just make it like seven, but instead of the John Doe or whatever, it's an, it just, it just make it Calendar Man, which sounds stupid, but that could be a really cool like style thriller, and mm-hmm. like that's that's what you do. And I just I just wanted to get it off my chest real quick. Just make seven with Calendar Man, and that's that's your Batman movie. It's really not that hard. Anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that's my. You just feel you just feel stupid how they keep on like allegedly, like, cause the, we, this is not confirmed, just to emphasize again, it just feels like they're just greenlighting or thinking about more and more movies. It was like, oh, we can't even get one right right now. Uh, let's do two Shazam movies, a Black Adam movie, Gotham City Sirens, Nightwing. Yeah. It's like, t- dude, you couldn't even do Suicide Squad. You couldn't I'm even sorry. do I'm Suicide Squad. I'm sorry, DC. How's that? How's that? Superman. I was going to say, you can't do Batman versus Superman, exactly. Should have been the easiest movie to, pl- <laughs> to make. <laughs> Your Batman v Superman fight in Batman v Superman was trash. Okay, I'm sorry, Fla- I'm sorry, DC. How's Flash coming along again? If you guys just before you guys try to do Nightwing, can we get a Flash movie? Maybe yeah. Wonder Woman looks okay, but apparently that's not great either. So what's gonna what's going on over here, DC? Mm. <laughs> okay, all right. We have time to next answer question. question here. Next question here. <laughs> um, ben Berkowitz asked, oh, I like this question. If you could create the Ten Commandments of filmmaking that all studios have to abide by, uh, what, what would you like to see? Like, like for example, he says an example, uh, never kill the dog and never hire you a bull to direct anything. <laughs> That's a good I, think, I think we've already got, we've got two of them. Now we just need to come up with eight. Yeah, eight there you go. Never kill the dog. Actually... You know what? In my Ten Commandments, always kill the dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> here's one. Here's one. Um, never set up the sequel in your first movie. Yes. Like Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> and that, that's fine. But then when, when they did the second one, and they knew it would be a big hit, and they already had the third one in development, and they teased the return of Barbosa at the end of the second one, that's fine. But yeah. when you get, but when you get, say, uh, the end of uh, the Dragon Ball Evolution movie, or the end of... Um, uh, what else was there? At the end of Aragon. And it's like, oh, we're setting up for five more sequels, and you didn't even do one right. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. <coughs> Fantastic Beast. <clears throat> yeah. Fantastic. Well, that, that's definitely happening. So yeah. that, that's, well, that's still, fine. It doesn't still, mean that's like, good. I don't want, I don't want my, the, the movie's Ten Fantasmets to be a trailer for the next one. No, that's fair. Okay. Actually, uh, Trilby, there got? is. I know you got to go, but there's one last question specifically for you. Do you want? So you want to deal with that before you go? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, go on. Okay, yes. Uh, Tom uh, Quirk asks um, okay, because Trilby wasn't around to answer it last time. Who's your pick to replace Peter Capaldi in Doctor Who? Um, I actually, the latest episode of my Film Brits podcast discussed this very issue, but I'll just give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, I'm rooting for James Nesbitt, who, for those of you who um, 
probably don't know outside the UK. Uh, he was in the Hobbit films. Uh, which dwarf was he? He was the one which had the like, he had the weird winged cap. He played Bofa. He was playing the flute. He was one of the he had the big mustache. It was pretty cool. Um, but he is uh, like a really really awesome actor. He was uh, he played Jekyll and Hyde in the TV series Jekyll. He's currently in Stanley's Lucky Man. Uh, he's done some great work, and I think he's a terrific pick for the Doctor. I'm also rooting for Saran Jones or Hayley Atwell or Richard Iowaddy. Uh, those are my picks Ooh, for the next Doctor. Hayley Atwell. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because okay. we know that she can carry uh, a TV series after Agent Carter, yeah. and we know that she's ridiculously talented. And I know there's the discussion happening right now saying they must cast a non-white or they must cast a woman. It's like, no, there's, there's no must about it. Like There's nothing saying that they can't there's no obligation i think they should at least audition with diversity in mind but they don't have a quota to meet or anything but if it is if it is a white man playing the doctor again it's fine it's okay if it is somebody that's not part of the status quo that's fine as well the 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 pandora's box in the series has been opened do whatever they want Uh, so that's that's basically my two cents about it but we all know that uh, it's not going to be any of those people because they'll do what they always do. They cast someone who, in retrospect, might have been considered a big name, but it was someone who they never really, like, not many people predicted. Like, they're not going to cast uh, Tom Hiddleston or Idris Elba as the next Bond because we're asking for it too much. It's too predictable. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's my answer to that. But let's go for James Nesbitt, uh, Hayley Atwell, Saran Jones, or Richard Iowaddy. That's my picks. Those all sounded so so British names. It's all the same. <laughs> yeah, so has anyone, has anyone yeah, seen that... the IT crowd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moss, love it. It's Richard Iowaddy. He's he's just. I don't know if he can do any of the drama, but <laughs> that guy, he looks like a nerdy alien. <laughs> so, so, sure, and I guess yeah. that guy, that guy is ridiculously talented. He writes and directs amazing films as well, and he's his comedy is great as well so like just save some talent for the rest of us please crying out loud yeah those are my picks um <laughs> gonna do any more questions or actually there is what we get if, if you got time trouble because i know you gotta head off yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, there I'll, is... well, there's, there's no point leaving like five minutes before the end might as well just stick around sure well there is there is one that seems sounds pretty fun uh liam stobby says if you could swap your brain with any movie director, who would it be? Keeping in mind oh that this director would also be in your body, so this person would become a member of the Movie Mania podcast. So it's two Holy parts of it. Like, who, what, what a... director do you want to become? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. All the coke. All the coke. It's mine. Honestly, I'd, I'd want to jump into Zack Snyder's body. So I could like hopefully <laughs> fix Justice League before he completely like... ruins the DC brand for like a generation. All right. Okay. I've got it. I've and got then it. You guys can put you up may... with him going pretty high drama, huh? Uh, um... <laughs> I'm your um... reference three hundred again. <laughs> Guys, I've got it. I, I, I know who who we need I to have. I'm a podcaster in IMAX. Okay, so I was gonna have to watch. Okay, guys, we need Ice Cube. <laughs> and you, that may be He's a not joke. A director. He, he directed a movie in 1998 called The Players Club. It is the only film he has ever directed, and he's also directed a couple of TV like TV shows. So, Ice Cube. <laughs> What's going on? 
<laughs> Welcome to the Moving Mania podcast. Yeah, but you'd you'd make a very British ice cube. <laughs> you'd make a very oh, British w- politically correct ice cube. I would, I would turn into <laughs> Richard Iowadi. <laughs> yeah, you'd be rapping about like Doctor Who and all that. You, yeah, you gotta be careful because, like, if you if you say if you say like Mel Gibson, and it's suddenly like this podcast becomes something completely oh, different. Yeah, you, you, know you do not want to catch that guy in an audio conversation. No, yeah, you, know, yeah. you say it's like you'd Mel start Gibson, the podcast, or like you'd be like, "I'll tell you what's wrong with the Jews," and you'd be like, "No, not now." <laughs> it's like so now. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think about Batman? Jew man? What? No, 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 no. Batman. Mm, right, right. Black man. Let me get my shouts, opinion on black the man. Jews. <laughs> Actually, that'd be uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do viral. <laughs> Controversy sells. I feel like I feel like Michael Bay is someone that I just want to sit down and have a conversation with and see what he's like. I just want to see what he's like. And also, if I were to switch minds with them, oh my god, I'd be first of all, I'd be rich. Second of all, I I wouldn't be talented per se, but I would I would have access to all these wonderful resources and then all the coke. Man, just 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 mountains of just like Scarface levels. Oh yeah, you just, just Bay, get yeah, a pile, you just slam your face in it. It's like it's like it's like Scrooge McDuck, but <laughs> just swimming in a powder pool. Oh wait, yeah. I got one. What about if you Trey jumped into if your brain jumped into George Lucas? What about that? <laughs> <laughs> and then George Lucas would just, just be just... here just complaining bitterly about Force Awakens all the time and I'd be like, I know, <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> if, if, if Bandit and George Lucas are in the same podcast, because George would be like, so you're the, you're the guy who basically rewrote my movies. <laughs> you know, in my version, you know, Anakin wasn't really bad until, until you know, the very end of the last one. You know, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I don't like the way you're, you're handling my story. You know what? I'm just going to go. Um, you can give me a Coke Zero. I'm going to I'm special edition this. You know, I, I, I can do this. I oh, there was a rumor, although I know that it kind of went under the radar. Yeah, but apparently, there's a rumor saying that the original Star Wars trilogy is going to get a re- like the original cut is going to get a release this year because it's the 40th anniversary. Oh, I, that saw that. Have, well, I saw that. Well, if it does like, happen, like, it'll, it'll be with 20th Century Fox. It won't be a Disney thing. Yeah, no, but it's a, it's a complete rumor. Don't run with this cinema blend or whatever you guys do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I was going to so say, that, like, that, I think be because the the person. The, the the rights to um, A New Hope are permanently with whatever studio it is. I can't remember. Fox. Yeah, Fox. so the other two were separate. So, like, the chance of getting all three with the theatrical cut again is pretty much slim to nothing. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure when you buy, like, if you download them all on iTunes, doesn't New Hope come with a 20th Century Fox logo? I can't remember if it does, but I feel like it does. I'm not sure. I've never bought anything through iTunes before. Yeah. You know, I have a I you know I have a Steelbook Blu-ray of a new hope. I might just watch that tonight and just make sure. Um oh, yeah, I, but... I really want the Steelbook of Deepwater Horizon. I saw it in a store today and I was like, oh my god, that's such a cool cover. Ah, so... yes. Okay. Right on. <laughs> well, more of the story is I would switch my to Michael Bay, and if I were switching to George Lucas, I would be knocking at the doors of Disney and being like, Let me in. Let me the moral in. Moral of the story is Let the me right up to every nine. question is Ice Cube. Every <laughs> like Ryan Williamson asks, Who would be your pick to play the Riddler in the DCEU, Ice Cube? <laughs> <laughs> well, me this, Batman. <laughs> That'd be cool. He'd be a rapping Riddler. 
That'd be awesome. Oh, favorite God. foreign film, favorite foreign language film, Ice Cube. Can't understand a word that guy says. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, Chubai Gaicho. I, I speak black fluently. I understand. What obscure Marvel character do you think should get a Netflix series? Ice Cube. <laughs> Ice Cube, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Easily. Yes. Wait, Bill Paxton died. Any thoughts? Ice Cube. <laughs> Do you collect any movie merchandise? Asks Mark Dunville. Ice Cube trivia. <laughs> I just have all these Ice Cube trays just stacked everywhere. <laughs> Every Ice Cube tray that's been in a movie, I've collected it. <laughs> it's an Ice Cube with the shape of the face of Ice Cube. <laughs> Why is that not a thing? <laughs> it's Every the Ice Cube tray that Ice Cube picked up in, in Friday, you know? <laughs> Remember that bit where he drops an Ice Cube and then he picks it up? <laughs> I have an Ice Cube from a drink. He drank on the set of a movie once. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Movie Mania podcast, everybody. Who should play the next Doctor? Mm, ice Cube. <laughs> yeah. Vin Diesel. Oh, no, Ice Cube, sorry. <laughs> 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 Sounds like you're crying, Trey. Commandment <laughs> number three. Thou shall cast ice cube and everything. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, th- thank you to our artist for for this week. He gave us cube. ice cube. Yes. Because <laughs> because uh, we we don't actually know the name of, of our artist this week, so we'll call you Ice Cube. Thank you, Ice Cube. Credit, he's black. He's been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm not racist. I like to hit my figures. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, yes, yes, thank you, thank, thank you for that artwork, <laughs> Ice Cube, <laughs> and for giving Trilby like a Leonidas style beard. Sorry, an Ice Cube style. Yeah, beard. I. <laughs> I, I have never, ha- I've never had a beard that prominent. But thank you for the interpretation. You, you look well, angry long in that picture too. You really do. Too. <laughs> you look like a biker or something. You look like you're off. I look like anarchy. if the Christmas Detectives was actually Training Day. I look like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God! You look like anyway, a tray. <laughs> you look yeah, like Morpheus from watching. the Matrix. You are watching. Oh God! <laughs> you look like Morpheus. If you take what? the blue pill, yes. Mm, yes. You take so, the blue so Morpheus, pill. Morpheus, where can they find you online? There's there's an explosion in my eyes. I just realized that. Um, you can find me online right here on, on the YouTube channel, Podcast Media. Like and subscribe. Thank you. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Media. Um, join next week when we I believe we, we're going to talk Logan next week. I would imagine. So, um, okay, cool. yeah. Um, uh, where can the lovely folks find you? Yes, Bandit. Uh, Thank you, YouTube, Trilby. Facebook and Twitter <laughs> as Bandit Incorporated. And they can find you, Trilby, did you say? Um, I can't yes. remember. Yeah, you can find me at www.icecube.com. Um, <laughs> tr- uh, www.trilby.com. Uh, you can listen to my own podcast, Film Brits Podcast, where <laughs> I... I'm going to elaborate more on who I think should play the next Doctor in the next episode of my podcast, which may be up in the... Probably about the time you listen to this, who knows? Um, and also, random note, because a lot of people keep asking on Facebook and sometimes in the YouTube comment section why we don't talk about Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z or anything. I'm, on geekfeed.com, I currently write the uh, reviews for every episode of Dragon Ball Super that comes out. So go to geekfeed.com if you want my thoughts on the new episodes of Dragon Ball. Just a random thing I thought I'd throw in there. Uh, so wow. thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, because it's doing it its out. English dub. <laughs> 
Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week and catch you all later. <laughs> Our ice cube maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find some ice cube rants and insert them throughout the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you do like in, you know the transitions between each segment of the podcast? Yeah, I'll just have. Can you ice replace cube. them with ice cube bits? <laughs> <laughs> I will. And it's like now time for the homework section. It's like we should call the thing. we should call this episode today. <laughs> it's ice the cube same case. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator, eating up all the food, all the chicken, all the pig feet. You ate my dinner, my mashed potatoes. They had a good old gravy I like, and biscuits I can sop that gravy in. You ate all of that. You drink up all the milk, don't care what kind of milk it is, you don't care. 2%, 3% buttermilk, patent milk, pull the cow in a patent milk can, I bet you eat that too. What's wrong with you? I'm hiding my grapes. You gonna eat up all my grapes. Now, when I went to bed last night, didn't I tell you to take out the trash? Yeah. So why didn't you do it? I fell asleep. I wish you were sleeping right now. I'll knock you upside your head with a left hook, make your ass wake up and take out that damn trash. Hey, 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 hey! What are you doing? I'm throwing this away. We ain't even got no milk. You better eat that damn cereal. You ain't got no damn milk. I ain't got that bitch. When I was coming up, we didn't have milk, cereal, a bowl to eat in, spoon, fork, knife, no napkins or nothing. You do like this. What mock with your hand like that? You ever do that? No. Have you ever had government cheese? Hmm? Craig, government cheese, you had some? No. Thick, stinking government cheese. Couldn't take a dump for two weeks. If you eat it on the 4th of July, by the 18th, everybody in the whole neighborhood trying to get to the bathrooms. I want to eat some of them chitlins. I love pig feet. The barbecue pig feet were gone. You got grease all over your damn mouth. Yo, I had a sweet potato pie in there. You ate the whole pie. Left me that little old plastic thing there. You ain't got no damn milk. Ain't that a bitch? You funny. <laughs> You're my boy. You remind me of my granddaddy. <laughs> you know what your problem is? You think money grows on trees. Just go out and pick you four or five hundred dollars and go off and just dance and eat chicken and dance and you just having all the fun in the world. You know how many stinking dog I gotta catch to fill that big ass bowl you got there, boy? 45, 50 dogs. Stinking nasty dog and 12 of them little stinking things they call a chihuahua. You better put some water on that shit, boy. Alright, I eat it. Hey, 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 hey! Take the garbage out front, son.